What's up, Familia? Dayspring here with an episode of Power of X-Men to discuss today's issue of Immortal X-Men. There's so much to unpack in terms of the Phoenix. I am so excited for this. Now listen, it does not absolve what I think has been a very lackluster fall of X. <laughs> Sorry, Familia. I think the plot here is still a little wobbly, if you, if you ask me, but I think Kyrian and the X office are all making an honest attempt at streamlining and connecting the Phoenix mythologies. And I really appreciate that because I, I take for granted that something like Ensong is probably a once in a generation. I mean, it's been almost 20 years since Ensong came out, but it's a once in a generation story that really took the time to streamline all of the Phoenix mythos. Greg Pak obviously had an understanding of the Phoenix, of its history, and how to tell it in a very concise five-issue story. And that's not to say you need to like Ensong, because I do get a lot of messages from people who are like, oh, I didn't really care for Ensong. I'm like, how could you not have cared for Ensong? I thought Ensong was absolutely the definitive best Jean Grey story out there in terms of connecting everything with the Phoenix mythos. But since then, no one has really been able to connect the Phoenix stories in that regard, right? Whether you like it or not, Greg Pak did make an honest attempt at streamlining all of the stories. So when I'm reading today's Immortal X-Men, I'm kind of like, okay, this is kind of lame. Like Mother Righteous, I want to call her Mother Righteousness. <laughs> Mother Righteous wants to become Dominion. And in order to do that, she needs to take Jean away from everyone because everyone's presence in the White Hot Room is corrupting Jean's mind. So she has to take her all the way to a corner of the White Hot Room where there's no one and sacrifice her and use that sacrifice, the, the Phoenix, as fuel for her to become Dominion. I don't really understand that, but that's a shh. Just wave your hand and nod. I, I don't understand the mechanics of that. I don't understand, like, how killing, how, how do you even kill Gene in the White Hot Room? You know what I mean? Like, Gene is the Phoenix, as they say it in this issue, which I'm so excited about. But Gene is the Phoenix, and the Phoenix is Gene. Gene is the White Hot Room. So how do you take her to the edge of the White Hot Room and just kill her and sacrifice her? And how would you use that as an engine to become a Dominion? I don't know. It doesn't make any sense to me. It's just nonsense fantasy. I'm sorry. It's nonsense fantasy juju. And I think the X-Men deserve better than that. However, the Phoenix mythologies in here are absolutely wonderful. And that is what I want to unpack because we are going back to X-Men Classic and X-Men Forever, where we did dive deep into those Gene mythos. We also finally get an answer to where Gene has been for those 15 years where she was just dead because they outwardly state here where she was at. So before we get into it, Familia, hit that subscribe button, ring that notification bell so you never miss an episode of Power of X-Men here on YouTube or on the podcast if that's where you're listening so we find out here that in the sense of sinister timeline mother righteous was able to study gene and her relationship with the phoenix and has found out that gene and the phoenix are one and the same now listen if you tune into this channel you know i have said this over and over again this isn't anything new right as far back as x-men classic number 43 in 1990 Death and Jean have a conversation, 
and Death tells Jean that the Phoenix and her are kindred soulmates, that they are one in the same, that the Phoenix chose her and Jean chose the Phoenix, and that they are in this cosmic relationship, and that those powers of the Phoenix are rightfully hers, and she is the avatar for the Phoenix, and there's no distinction between the two. I love that so much. That has been the main theme that I have talked about on this channel when coming to when talking about Gina and the Phoenix. I never understood why Marvel always tried to separate them. Phoenix and Song. We obviously saw Gene going back into the White Hot Room saying, I'm so scared, which it only dawned on me today in Phoenix and Song number five when Gene says goodbye to Cyclops and she says, I'm so scared. See this panel right here from X-Men Classic number 43? Gene says, I'm scared. Wow. I mean, again, Greg Pak just understood the Phoenix mythos so well. So we find out that Gene and the Phoenix are one and the same. And again, this has been long established. This is nothing new. And even if you don't want to accept that it's been long and established, it was established last year in Gene Gray's Judgment Day one shot where she is a Phoenix and the Phoenix is her. Love it. So happy to see that. We also see something that Louise Simonson had touched upon in an interview where she posed a question. Did Gene create the Phoenix? Or was the Phoenix's other otherworldly entity that kind of came to Gene? And if it's a former that Gene had created the Phoenix, that means any manifestation of the Phoenix throughout the Marvel Universe is actually a manifestation of Gene's will. So we kind of got an answer to that via Mother Righteous here, where Mother Righteous was like, Gene and the Phoenix are like an endless circle. They're, they motivate each other. And I love that very much. In X-Men Classic number 43, we also do get the talk of Death and Gene chatting about the Phoenix and how Death is like, hey, you know, when you called the Phoenix your imagination, you weren't entirely wrong with that. You summoned the Phoenix and the Phoenix came into being because it was this cosmic entity that was looking for someone as passionate as you. It found in you the other side of a coin. So great. And we are getting those themes played out in today's Immortal X-Men. But what I found so interesting is that Mother Righteous is taking Jean to like the outskirts of the White Hot Room and they have to climb this tower, which again, going back to X-Men Classic number 43 and X-Men Forever number three, X-Men Forever volume one, not the Chris Claremont one, the Fabian Nicieza one that came out in 2001. So before volume two of X-Men Forever, where it was Chris Claremont kind of telling the stories he wanted to tell, there was another X-Men Forever volume where it dealt with Jean revisiting seminal moments in her in her life, and in this in this case, her afterlife, but she goes to revisit death. So this tower is a construct of the afterlife for every race in the universe that experiences death. And death here is manifested as a cosmic construction worker. And every floor, every unit, whatever, every, every part of it is a construct for beings of the universe that die and how they sort of interpret death in there. And when Jean died on the moon, she wakes up and she has a conversation with death. And Jean is really upset about everything that happened. She's overwhelmed about the guilt that, that happened with the Dabari system, with the start, with the Shi'ar ship that she killed. And death tells her that she has to measure 
the good and the bad. And that a being as the phoenix is very passionate. It's life incarnate. There is no right or there is no wrong. There is just cosmic order. And that's what Jean is. And she has to embrace the idea that the phoenix came to her and they were able to escalate into this divine ascension because parts of gene are human and passionate and the phoenix craves life they both have a hunger for each other i love it so much this is why i love the phoenix mythos this is why i love phoenix stories and we get that little easter egg here in immortal x-men when they're marching through the tower and we see death as a construction worker on the little side right there. Oh, so good. I got to hand it to Kirian. He really did his homework with the Phoenix Mythos. And now in order for Mother Righteous to ascend to Dominion, she has to sacrifice Jean. And I'm like, I don't really understand that. Now, listen, it, it took me a second reading to fully understand that. But I was kind of like in story. I'm like, why is she murdering Jean here at the outskirts of the White Hot Room? And there is a data page, again, as I mentioned earlier in this episode, that talks about how she has to sacrifice Jean in order to, to become Dominion. And it's a fine story in of itself, but I just think it's not as fully realized. It is really just fantasy juju being sprayed onto the readers. I, I don't understand how killing the Phoenix in its own afterlife, since it's already dead, it somehow is going to give her the fuel to become Dominion. But hey, listen, that is totally fine. I can forgive it. Again, I've said this before on the podcast. I can forgive plot holes if you make up for it with like really good art. If you make up with it with really good world building, I can always kind of like skim by some like shortcomings with the stories. So you just got to give me one. I just it cannot work when there's so much that's wrong. But in this case, because we were given a lot of meat with the gene mythos, I really was able to latch onto that and just like accept it for what it is. They, they go to the outskirts of the white hot room. And this may be a literary concept that's known to many. I didn't know it until I went to college like 20 years ago. So I've known this for 20 years. But if you notice, when Mother Righteous takes Gene to the outskirts of the white hot room, it's like a blank page. It's all white. And she has to stab Jean with her blood and write on it. It's kind of like a page. She's writing her own destiny, her own future. There is this literary school of thought that stories come from a burning white hot center. And obviously the idea of Phoenix, of white Phoenix of the crown, that is all based off of Nirvana and thought ascension. And again, I think it's beautifully rendered here. There's so much meat to grab onto and, and, and sort of dissect and have your own interpretation of it. And, you know, one of the things that we do find out in this issue is that when Jean dies, she always goes into the White Hot Room. And I love that. So that's where Jean was. At least there's this acknowledgement. That is where Jean was when she died at the end of New X-Men because she sort of just disappeared after Endsong when she was here like, I'm going to go find all my pieces and we don't really see our Jean in real time because, again, she was supposed to be Hope editorially. She was supposed to be Hope re you know, she was supposed to be Hope. She was supposed to be reborn to save the mutants from the witch's curse. But I love the acknowledgement that when Jean dies, this is where she goes in the White Hot Room. That explains why during the Crow show, when Celine was raising the dead, they couldn't raise Jean because Jean was beyond Celine's reach. Similarly, in House of M, where people come back to life, we had people coming back to life in House of M, she was beyond the witch's curse. So I'm happy with at least that acknowledgement. And it, it, 
it made me uncomfortable in the X-Men Red annual by Tom Taylor, where we get that line from Jean where she's like, I was burning bright as a phoenix, and then I wasn't anything. It just went out. And I didn't like that because I was like, no, she was in the white hot room. But here, Kirin does give the line of, she comes here, she may be confused, but she's in the white hot room. So I'm so happy with that. Jean in the white hot room pushed Scott to be with Emma. I wish they would just tackle that. I think that would make for great storytelling. I wish they would talk about Jean and Hope's connection and all of her pieces and that when Jean found all her pieces, maybe she was able to create hope and send hope to the mortal coil i don't know maybe hope has a part of gene in her i would love them to figure out these stories now one thing i am going to tell you for me because i'm a cranky old man these days when it comes to the xbox and i want to say i really was enjoying the krakon age up until trial of magneto and inferno if you listen to the podcast up until those points you will see that we thoroughly were enjoying the Krakon Age. I think since Inferno and Trout Magneto, the stories have kind of gone off the rail. So I'm sorry if I'm being a little too harsh on the stories, but I do think Fall of X is an insult to us as readers. That's just my disclaimer there. But, you know, one of the things, you gotta stop killing Gene. I cannot believe how many teases we have gotten for Gene dying and the Phoenix dying in the Krakoan Age. I mean, it started off in Hawksbox, which was cool because it unveiled Resurrection. But, you know, Jean has died a couple of times in the Krakone Age, and then she died in the Hellfire Gala. We know she's dead now. Her miniseries kind of ended on a question mark. Whether it's life or death, we'll figure it out together. So it didn't even solidify that she was back. Here, Mother Righteous has to stab her in the White Hot Room. And then we know for, is it X-Men Forever? I think it's X-Men Forever Volume like 5, whatever it is now, or X-Men Eternal. I think X-Men Eternal is a better title, but I think it's X-Men Forever. X-Men Forever that's coming out in the spring, which is supposed to be a coda for Immortal X-Men. We see the Phoenix bleeding out in the snow with Jean kind of collapsed over and dead. So stop teasing Jean Grey dying. This is the same criticism I have for Gang in the MCU. And I know now that's a moot point since Jonathan Majors has been let go of his contract. But you're, you're, you, what are you trying to establish showing this character die over and over again? This character does not seem tough. So similarly with Gene and the Phoenix, we already know that in the White Hot Room, Gene isn't supposed to die because she is in there incubating, waiting to be reborn, right? Those are words from Phoenix and Song, which Kieran does lift in Immortal X-Men. But one of the things that's just like driving me nuts is again, like, so, so we know Jean is in the White Hot Room waiting to be reborn. She's not fully back to life yet. Mother Righteous stabs her in there. We know that the mutants are going to come back and fall of the House of X and lose. And that's how we're going to get the story in Rise of the Powers of Ten. And then we know in X-Men Forever, the Phoenix is laying in the snow and bleeding out. I mean, that's how many times Jean has already died in just one year when you add in the Hellfire Gala. It's way too much. Stop killing Jean Grey. Tell another story that does not involve Jean Grey dying or in jeopardy. That's the only... I want to see her kick some butt. That's it. Show her kick Dominion's but is it a celestial whatever whatever they're summoning show her kicking but that's all i want for our god queen going forward here but anyways familia those are my thoughts on immortal x-men today very exciting stuff with the phoenix mythos so excited for it 
I can take or leave the actual story, to be completely honest with you. I was talking about this with my husband. I can't believe this is the same writer who wrote Young Avengers Volume 2, because Young Avengers Volume 2 is so good. And I think I've mentioned this before. I was talking to a source, and I was telling the source, like, oh, I can't believe the Krakoan age is ending on such a whimper. And the source was like, no, what are you talking about? Kyrian is going to do a really big story, as is Jerry Dugan. And I was like, I don't know. They may think it's a big story, but I don't think it's going to be a big story. And when I think of Generation Hope and I think of the Extinction team during the Utopian era, Kyrian did not end those stories on any big, meaningful way. I mean, I know... Uh, Generation Hope was sort of out of his hands because he didn't really tell the complete story. But the Extinction team, I was like, mm, whimper, whimper over there. And, you know, Jerry Dugan, I the stories have gone nowhere with Jerry Dugan. I'm sorry. I, as much as I liked Marauders in terms of the story, once it ends, you're like, okay, that, that was really great character moments. Those were some good character stories. But what was the overall point of the book there was no larger point similarly with his x-men title i don't see a point in his x-men title and i think there's a lot of holes in his plots when it comes to writing scenarios with these characters that's my opinion i'm sorry listen regardless really enjoyed this issue of immortal x-men if you're a big gene fan you must must read this but again like i hope gene's okay there i mean she's White hot room. Get get better, girl. I hope Gene gets better, turns into White Phoenix, and takes all the the mutants back to Earth. Now, I do find it kind of curious, though, that in the issue they talk about having people there in the White Hot Room, like living beings in the White Hot Room, corrupts Gene's consciousness. I would like to see that further explored. You know, we did see that in the Jean Grey series, that the White Hot Room is a place where all phoenixes go, and all phoenixes leave a part of themselves there. Anywhere from Hope, to Magic, to Colossus, to Namor, to Quentin Quire, to the God Queen Jean Grey herself. And because Jean is the White Phoenix of the Crown, at the top of the food chain here, the White Hot Room is a manifestation of her, of her consciousness, of her relationship with the phoenix, beautiful so well done i can accept that having mutants there that are living really does corrupt her consciousness i would just like to see it explored a little further i i wish the louise simonson mini would have been all about gene's relationship with the phoenix and the relationship with the white hot room instead of revisiting seminal moments and having them play out as a what if you know, we all the Louise Simonson series did was establish that Gene and the Phoenix are one and the same, that the Phoenix and Gene have a special bond relationship. We, we got that here as well. I would have wished we would have gotten a little bit more meat and substance into these mythos, but maybe the divine mystery of the Phoenix is what keeps us all entertained. But ah, regardless, Familia... Give us your thoughts. Leave some comments below. Let us sound off on all things Jean Grey and the Phoenix. I want to hear your thoughts, your interpretation. So hit us up on Power of X-Men on the DMs. I'm checking DMs all day because I've been so excited. Calvin from The Ashes and I just posted some comparison shots of Jean from X-Men Classic and X-Men Forever where she talks to death in contrast with the panel we got today of Jean and death. Leave those thoughts below for me,